welcome everyone to a special edition of Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. So with it being the holidays um, and I am uh, working at Sportsnet 960 this week, I thought this would be a good time for some year in review content. And luckily for me, uh, Josh over at the Fresh Take Network thought the same thing. Um, and so he asked if I could come on the Fresh Take year in review. Uh, so that's what you're going to hear for the rest of the week. We've broken it up into several parts. Um, and so that's where we're going to, to break uh, everything down from the sports world. That's what's coming up this week and a little bit into next week as well. Hopefully you guys had great holiday seasons. Um, it's been a blast doing this with you here in 2023. Looking forward to it in 2024. So um, anyway, that's probably all long enough intro for uh, a podcast. So let's uh, get into our year in review part one uh, with myself and Josh Arbuthnot from the Fresh Take Network. What it is, what it do. Welcome to a fresh take couch potato collabo with myself, Joshua, Adam, William Arbor, the voice of the Calgary Dinos and much other things. And uh, my co-host that we both call the uh, the lead of the Okotoks Dogs playoffs, but you know from the Fan 960 and Couch Potato Diaries, the one, the only, the legend, Peter Klein. Thank you. Thank you. You are, are, are far too kind. Yes, the... Uh... I, I kind of jack of all trades, master of none. I do a bunch of stuff. I don't know if I've mastered any of it, but I get to talk a bunch, so it's fun. I, I was debating coming on here. I'm like, I could list all of Peter and I's accolades from this year, <laughs> but I think that's longer than the list that I gave us. So I'm like, yeah. maybe I'll just go with the tippity top of what we have individually, and then yeah. we worked on together this year, and then we can just get right into it. Sounds good. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Uh, so yeah, again, uh, there's a mix here of fresh take and couch potato. Both of these will be put out on both of those streams this year. Really quick before we get to the categories, Peter, is two guys that do sports podcasts and obviously you, and work in sports radio as well. What do you thought about the year in 20? 20- I, I thought it was a good year. It wasn't one of those like, I'll never forget the year in 2023 in sports. It was a very good year, but not a like remarkable year, if that makes sense. Yeah, I found going through all of these, like there's there's obviously standouts in everything, but there's very few like, oh my God, right? Like we'll, we'll get to some of those obviously, but um, yeah, it, it was it was the first year that felt from start to finish like normal again, right? Yeah. Like you, like 2022 was kind of there, but you still had a bit of a lingering whatever. Uh, but this year it was like, okay, everything's back. Everything's ready to go. We've like any anything that you have needed to take from uh, the, the pandemic times you have figured out. So it, it feels like now we're, we're kind of back into that, that normalcy a little bit. So it, it feels like we, we've course corrected and we're back on track. But yeah, like it was it was a fine year. Um, there was obviously some stuff that was uh, appalling. That's every year. Uh, but there was mm-hmm. also some really, really cool stuff as well. So uh, yeah, it was of all the years that I've lived through, this was definitely one of them. But I don't know if we're going to look back and, oh, my God, the the, the wonder that was 2023. Yeah, it, it, it was fine. It was fine. And it's different from the wrestling one we have coming up where I was like, yeah, there's a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've uh, the, the pro wrestling world has lived about a decade this year. That's yeah. like we, we've crammed a bunch in. I I can only imagine what two, uh, 2024 has to offer. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. But so we go to this year in 2023. Um, so we start off with the up and comer. So this can be anything, really. This can be, you know, a college athlete you saw coming. This can be a guy that, you know, hasn't even started playing that. Uh, you know, we used to call this a Scott Roblin Award uh, who couldn't make it this year because Scott would find someone in that was 16 or 17 in hockey and nail it every year. 
Uh, and that's one of the things, if people don't know, unfortunately, some hackers got into our past episode, uh, past sheets and deleted everything. But uh, he called a 16-year-old Cal McCarr, for example. Oh, he wow. called a 15-year-old Connor Bedard. He saw these okay. coming before they really hit. So it can always be something like that. Um, so and you know, you and I have kind of seen some of these guys on, on our own in, in some worlds as well. So I'm really interested for you of uh, going down this route. So who is the up-and-comer? For you, Peter. Yeah, I um, I I didn't go quite the like deep dark recesses of minor hockey <laughs> past or anything yeah. like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure this person's going to be a star, but I'm about the one millionth person to recognize it. Um, and she'll she'll come up again, but it's it's Caitlin Clark. Um, like yeah. this is superstar coming into the, the WNBA from the college ranks. Um, like was phenomenal last year and has just decided this year, like oh no one can stop me. Um, like feels like as much of a sure thing coming from the, the college ranks and has really um almost transcended things now from a, a women's college basketball standpoint I, yeah. I think she's averaging over 30 a game and has turned into a legitimate mainstream star already and has made the the women's uh march madness final four whatever they technically call it has made it much must watch and i think for the second year in a row made it kind of better than the men's tournament and 100%. that's um, that uh, I think like th there's a lot of, of other players that are involved in that, but she is the the face of it. I think for sure. You know, all respect to the Angel Reese's of the world, but we don't know mm -hmm. who Angel Reese is without uh, the few that she has. So Caitlin Page backers, yeah. that's going to make this year such more exciting. No yes. Page, and it's it's been a highlight of what the women's side hasn't had is it needs stars. I mean, the men need stars too. The men haven't had stars as well. That's why they are begging USC to pick it up right now and get into this NCAA tournament because they want Isaiah Collier and more importantly, Bronny James and Rodman to yeah. be part of this upcoming tournament. Uh, Caitlin and Paige, I both considered, and they are definitely at the list and definitely at the forefront in changing the game. I mean, I think with all respect to the women that we saw this week, uh, the highlighted volleyball on ABC, mm -hmm. I think because of what Caitlin and Paige and all those women have done in NCAA women's basketball, I think that was a big part of the reason that we got to have volleyball on ABC this week because they're like, hey, women's sports, what a concept. Maybe we should broadcast that. Also, volleyball, when it's played at a high level, is so stupid fun to watch. Like I, I, I played in high school. I, I would say it fell well short of being played at a high level. Um, but our, our coach brought us to watch some um, college games at the University of Regina. And you watch that and it's like, it is such a blast and if you know what's going on like it's ridiculous the 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 talent level that is out there so i don't know like if i would be investing in the national volleyball league or anything like that but you put it on tv i'll watch it it's fun yeah as someone that's done a few broadcasts of it and was kind of not sure to do it when i did that number one the community is so awesome the players are so yeah. awesome and the crowds you want to go to crowds in canada Volleyball does better than basketball for sure in this country. As someone that is a big part of basketball in Alberta, trust me, volleyball does better crowds. So <laughs> I'd love to see the better basketball crowds. And some nights it is better than hockey too. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's really grown. But Caitlin Clark, great pick. Um, I was almost debating going with Paige to counteract you, but I went with someone that I think is also just going to be a unbelievable sure hall of famer level star, and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, uh, yeah where this guy is going to probably be number one on any dynasty fantasy draft next year. It's just kind of ticking away at Ohio state this year, waiting to see where he goes. And that's a team that already has another star wide out there as well. But Marvin, it just kind of seemed this year is like, we're just kind of spinning the wheels waiting for him and Caleb and Drake. It was just kind of like, 
yeah, we're just kind of waiting for them to make their jump. But out of all those guys where, you know, Carolina season kind of fell off near the end there, some tough losses that the Tar Heels had. Caleb, we've had all the criticisms and dissection of him, and it's only going to get worse next little bit. Yeah. It just seems like Marvin just steamed along. It was like, yeah, this guy's going to be really, really good. And whoever has him is might can automatically have the best receiver in the NFL next year. Yeah, you look at it like right now. Um, I, I think it's uh, Chicago at one. They're definitely going quarterback. Patriots yeah. would be at two. They're definitely going quarterback. And then Arizona at three. Yeah, why not? Marvin Harrison Jr. and yeah. uh, and Kyler Murray seems like a pretty good pairing. And it's just it's like the, this franchise altering offensive player could potentially just fall into your lap and start kind of kickstart things out in Arizona. So yeah, that, that's a great pick. Well, while this draft, I think is going to be the, the, the lead up to it is going to be defined by the, the quarterbacks because we've all watched the NFL. We need an infusion of good quarterbacks in this league. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the, the story of this draft afterward and for years to come is going to be, oh, we just got one of the best receivers in the league coming out of this draft. Yeah. Next up, we go to breakthrough athlete. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be an athlete that, you know, all of a sudden became most improved. I look at this in different categories. I looked at it as most approved, but also like, holy crap, they are a super duper star now. So it's 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 either or category. So yeah. for me on that side, I went with SGA because this is the guy that is probably the lead candidate for MVP as we record on uh, this late December date right now. Uh, helped Canada get to a bronze medal and was arguably the best player at FIBA. All respect to Dennis Schrouder and everyone that surrounded that tournament that made it to the finals, I would say SGA was the best player in that entire FIBA tournament. Even down the stretch of last year was one of the best and is a guy that is changing the culture of Canada basketball hoops and changing the culture in Oklahoma city of going from being a developmental team to being potentially a contender if they get the right big. So I'm going with mm -hmm. SGA. Yeah, like they look like one of the exciting teams to like coming for going forward now. Um, out like Oklahoma City, um, it, it got people excited about Canadian basketball that was on at six in the morning. So that was really nice to see. Um, I, I'm happy you went first because I had two written down. I had SGA, uh, so I'll go with the, the other one to to mix it up a little bit. Um, I, I don't know how much this league is going to come up today. I'm going to the Canadian Football League, uh, and I'm going to to Chad Kelly, um, nice. quarterback for the the Toronto Argonauts. He, he comes in in the Grey Cup last year. Uh, and wins and leads the Argos while well, the playoffs didn't go very well for Toronto. He he leads the Boatman to one of the best regular seasons we have had in a very, very long time. They were so dominant and he was so clearly the MLP this year. And he's someone who has, I, I think, embraced playing in Canada. Like, I, I don't, we're not hearing about like, oh yeah, he's one year and then he's going to go try to be on a practice squad down yeah. in the States. He, he's embraced being a, a Canadian football league player. He's embraced being a Toronto Argo, which is what that city needs. Um, it, it brought uh, a pretty good playoff gate to Toronto, which I don't know if anyone was ever expecting. And it, it, he was just, he was the CFL this year. Everything revolved around him. And to, to come out of that in year one as a starter was really, really impressive for me. Yeah, you know, as me, this is one of the reasons this year I normally did best NFL player. That's why I did best football player, because to encompass all sides that we had. Mm -hmm. uh, and as someone that doesn't follow the CFL as much as I'd like to, uh, he's a guy that stood out to me all year. Whenever I did turn into a game and watch an Argos game, he's definitely someone that stood out to me. And, you know, the CFL, again, that's a league that is trying to create stars, trying to find stars, trying to push their league to another level again, trying to get more viewers in. And you did feel this year, you you, you kind of talked about at the top there, kind of getting back to normalcy, post-pandemic, trying to find your way. 
Chad Kelly is one of those examples of bringing a star into a big city like Toronto and to the greater CFL and kind of showcasing what he can have. Yeah, and you see, like, attendance is up, I think, in seven of the nine markets in the CFL this year. Um, I'm not saying that was all Chad Kelly, but it's nice to have that team at the top and that star player at the tippity-top of the league really embrace things. And that they've been trying to figure out Toronto for forever, mm-hmm. and that this feels like a good start there anyway. A win would have been uh, even better. Um, that they he, he does stumble in the, the East Final against the eventual Grey Cup champion, Montreal Alouettes, but th- this, was, this was a great opening act for Chad Kelly, for sure. Well, especially for the CFL, losing a guy like Nathan Rourke to the NFL, yeah. and he was in the makings to be the next big superstar, it helped that Chad kind of led the next way, so that's a great pick. Yeah, and to not only Rourke going to the NFL, but then going to the NFL to be on a practice roster like that. That is always such a gut punch when the guy is so clearly the best in the CFL and he has spent, now he gets claimed off of waivers uh, by the new England Patriots, but he he's going to spend about 90% of the, the season on, uh, on the practice squad. That is a bit of a downer and it is a bit of a gun punch when, when you're trying to be like, no, see that the CFL is legitimate um, to, to have that sort of thing happen. Yeah. So it's, it's nice again to, to have that embracing by Kelly here. So this next award, it's not really an award. I only did this based off your tweet about two, three hours ago. <laughs> okay. And it's, it's the Joe Flacco Memorial Award for Best Comeback Player, <laughs> which I think is Joe Flacco, just in the yeah. sense of because he just he's maybe my fantasy quarterback now in fantasy, and he's saving teams' fantasy quarterbacks. And it's a deeper conversation for another day, but it's going to be a major part of helping this Browns uh, team as we've got a cameo coming into the, to the, the shot here. Yeah, um, yeah, dog making an appearance here. Very good. The Browns, dogs, heard the flag yeah. talk. Yeah, uh, heard us talking about the dog pound, so yeah. Yeah, again, not an official award, but just kind of the hit on your tweet. I was like, you know what? If there is a comeback player, it might just be Joe Flacco for everything he's doing. Yeah, like off of the couch and into a, a playoff race, right? Like he, he was doing nothing a couple of weeks ago, and now he just he, he pops back in. Um, so I, I think that this is uh, very much a, a deserving award for him. Um, just off of the the top of my head, uh, other ones like in F one, um, Daniel Ricardo, who was um, yeah. a, a fan favorite off of the Drive to Survive, he just kind of popped in in the middle of the season and then broke his hand and left and then came back again. So uh, he gets close. an honorable mention for for two comebacks in the same year. But no, Joe Flacco's surprising run to relevancy, um, I, I think, is absolutely uh, worthy of the attention here. Sure. If he if he takes the Browns to a potential Super Bowl, he could be bringing him up again. Uh, yeah. But next up is breakout team. Who'd you go with that, Peter? Um, kind of going off of what, what you mentioned before, I'm going to the Canadian men's basketball team. Um, I, I thought like this was the first time that the men's basketball team really had the attention and justified it, I guess. Like that this was the first time where they, they've had this attention. And then they played well. We've had the attention before. And then you lose in a tournament that no one had heard of before. And, oh, I guess we're not going to the Olympics now. You know, like they've had moments like that. But this was finally a time where the eyes of Canada were on them. And you had a superstar deliver. You had the team deliver. It was so much fun to to watch and follow. And it felt like the the real, finally, the real turning point for Canadian men's basketball to to get to this point. So to to have them kind of take over the summer, I, I thought they were the team that broke through this year. We're simpatico. I went with the same team. I have an honorable mention. I'll mention in a second, but you know, just to excite the country, we kind of saw this. We, saw, we definitely saw it with the Canada soccer team, and now you saw it with basketball. And it shows to me that Canada is willing to get behind 
these other teams, not just hockey, if they're going to be winning teams. And I think that's as someone that's around Canada basketball, that screamed to them that, hey, we have an opportunity to, you know, get more kids to play this sport and know that the fanfare is going to be there without going into Paris next year. That'll be huge. And there'll be different additions there, like Andrew Wiggins, maybe Shaden Sharp, maybe Ben Matherin, uh, Jamal Murray yeah. obviously didn't even play. So there's a lot of additions that are going to come. But, you know, I'll tell you this, as, as a Laker fan, it made me root for Dylan Brooks all over again and become <laughs> a, a big Dylan Brooks fan and realize country is more important than NBA team. And, you know, those seconds, especially the, the game that came down to this, uh, the, the buzzer and they had to fight back and win. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that game in a bit. And unfortunately, they come up short, but then beating the Americans uh, was a very exciting moment that had the Americans have to do the redeem team point 50th or whatever they're on now for doing it and saying, oh, we didn't have our guys. But yeah. it, it set a new limit to what Canada basketball has been doing for a while. And uh the showcase of what we can do against the world and what Paris could be. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's been one of the exciting things of Canadian sport over the last little while of um, seeing like, not just hockey, right? Like we're, we're seeing um, women's soccer and then men's soccer and now the men's basketball and Brooke Henderson and golf. And I'm sure there's a thousand other things that, that I'm forgetting. Um, but but seeing uh, seeing us be more than just a hockey nation um, as as someone who like obviously I, I've made uh, quite a bit of my living covering hockey, but a lot of my passion is elsewhere. Um, that that's been really really great to see. And yeah, that this hopefully this was just step one in, in a bigger process, and it kind of feels like it is. It definitely is. Uh, honorable mention for me, uh, I had OKC Thunder mm. was the team on there. Uh, the Orlando Magic was uh was a team that i i had in there at vancouver canucks although i thought that was too early to kind of go with that with vancouver so i kind of put right. that on on a temporary basis right now and and the baltimore orioles yes yeah yeah they are they are next level um in terms of breakout like their whole team is basically on a rookie contract um so that's those are all very good honorable mentions for sure uh, next up is the most exciting team to watch. And man, there's a lot of this. I, I feel like this is the new award I came up with this year. I feel like for a while, this would have just been Golden State. Yeah. Um, to announce this team as the most exciting is very painful for me as a as a Raider fan. This is one of the three teams I hate. It's the San Francisco 49ers. Every, mm. every single game they play, it's unbelievable. It's just yeah. CMC or Debo or Ayuk and if not Kittle, and then you get to watch this team on defense with Bosa, and now they have Chase Young and Fred Warner and everybody that they're just an absolute stacked on both sides. And, you know, we're getting to a point here where we're getting near the playoffs and everything like that. And they're just must watch every single time you watch them. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. Um, like, I, I think in terms of talent on that team compared to everyone else in whatever league they play, uh, they might be like the best team in sports right now. Like, it's just it, it does feel like an all star game every time they go out there. Um, that, that is definitely a, a great pick. I, I went same sport, different team. Uh, I went the Miami Dolphins um, and do, yeah. like Ty Tyreek Hill. Uh, and I'm never going to be a fan for, for off of the field stuff, but this team plays like it's Madden where it's just deep pass, deep pass, deep yeah. pass cross runner goes for a touchdown. Oh, here comes our third string running back who ran a four, three and he's off for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, like it's just, it's absolutely insanity what they are doing um, each and every game. And, and in a league where, 
every week you go look at betting totals and it's in the thirties and the forties. And then Miami's games in the fifties, like they are, they are standing out in a league that feels very much watered down. So yeah, I, if we got a San Francisco Miami Super Bowl, I, I would be more than okay with that. And you talk about it this week where it's a, a Dolphins team that faced a Cowboys team without a lot of weapons, no Tyreek mm-hmm. at one point, no Waddle, right. And H hands up and down. Mozart has what, like 20 touchdowns or something. Yeah, it's 19, I think. Yeah. It's, Setting a Dolphins insane. record for touchdowns. Like we're barely even talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable what the, this team can do offensively. And I think honestly, I think defensively they're figuring it out. Uh they yeah. brought in Vic Vangio as the, their D coordinator this year. And he he runs a quite an intricate system and it takes a little bit of time. And I think um that, that time is now out in Miami. And as of today, they had a visit with Ndaka one Sue. I'll never say his name correctly, but <laughs> Sue as well, who, yeah. hey, you know, maybe his days are behind him, but still a nice force to have on a Super Bowl champion. Oh, totally. Yeah, nice. A nice guy who can take up some space in the middle for sure. Uh, these ones I we always kind of run through pretty quickly here. I think these are always seem to be the chalkiest for me. Yeah. Um, best basketball. I think we're on the same page. Uh, maybe. Let's see. Okay, I'm going with Nikolai Jokic. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, Nikolai Jokic. Sorry, I wasn't sure if it was best basketball team or uh, or player. It's um, player, but yeah, yeah play, player. It's Nikolai Jokic. Uh, second place is Nikolai Jokic, and third place uh, is Nikolai Jokic. Like it, it is ridiculous what this guy can do with the basketball uh, in his hands offensively. He is so much fun to watch. I, I still like we 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 we've been seeing them in prime time for a couple of years now. I still don't know how you're supposed to stop him or them. Um, and like, it's, it, it's absurd. The, the Raptors will try to throw OG and Anobi on him. Yeah, uh, teams will try crazy. to throw big guys on him. Teams will try to throw four guys on him. And he, he knows how to handle every situation. And then he doesn't seem to really care either. And in like the best way, not in a, like um, th- this guy like hates the sport or anything like that, but he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to get too worked up about things either way. It's, it's, it's really cool to see. It's it's so interesting calling basketball this year. I feel the European import that we're having now at the collegiate ath, uh, side is really interesting. But now the influence of Joker is coming over. You'll see these big guys run stuff at the top. And whereas maybe two years ago on the collegiate side here in Canada, those big guys would still be traditional going down in the post. Now you're seeing them go up with a pick and roll, keep the ball, go for a three, or dish out like Joker. It is incredible the transformation of the game, how it's trickled down. and how typical basketball is, right? I mean, it was not even four years ago where it was like, we got to get shooters. You need to get shooters. You need to get shooters. Yeah. And now here we are back to the 90s, and it's the battle of the bigs. If you don't have a big, you're going to go down. You need an Embiid. You need a Joker. You need an Anthony Davis. Where are yeah. you going to go with one of those guys? We're talking about a team like Orlando or even OKC who has Chet, but they need that other piece to guard one of those guys. Yeah, exactly. It's it's funny how there, there's always these cycles. And I remember growing up, um, it was like the <laughs> kind of I was gonna say stretch four, but not in the way it's the stretch four now. Yeah. Like you you would have Garnett and Duncan just outside of the paint putting up jump shots. Just, Ooh, like this is wild. Uh so you, you needed to have one of those. And then it was like Dirk Nowitzki taking it a step further and shooting from three. And oh, there's all of this space now, all of a sudden. Um, so it's it's been funny how all this has kind of turned back around. But now, like we talk about, well, you need a stretch four so you can kind of space the floor out a little bit. Um, getting all kinds of animals running in here now. Um, and so to, to have all of that, and now it, it kind of cycles back with, <laughs> uh, now it kind of cycles back with like 
you you need to have some people who can space the space the floor, but it's your center at the top spacing the floor and stepping up for three that it, it's it's ridiculous and it, it's just it's so much fun to watch this sport grow and evolve you reminded me just a few years ago well obviously more now but i remember marcus camby this is when it started it was, you know between the camby for three i'm like what? what what's going on marcus camby and that was like when it was starting when the big was like oh, i guess i i'm brooke i remember when brooke lopez started to try to go for threes like what is brooke yes. doing but it was just yeah. such a a foreign idea at that point. Now there's still, I wouldn't want to see Bismack Biombo, for example, step <laughs> back and hit a three, but it's, it's, yeah. it is much more normalized because of someone like Jokic. Yeah. Like um, when Valanciunas was on the Raptors, he would step out for like one a game because the entire rest of the team just collapsed on the paint. Like, yeah, go for it. Um, and now like, it, it feels like there's like, it, it's a necessity almost to, to have that thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's just that the evolution of the sport, man is, is really crazy. Uh, best NHL player. Uh, I went uh, pretty chalk here again. I went with Connor McDavid. Um, just, I mean, just seeing what he's done this year, like I'm not the leader in points. Okay. Well, I got to change that. And the, the slow rise that we've seen here in the first half of the season of growing up, he is not winning to a level. You could definitely absolutely pick multiple players on the Vegas Knights. For example, the one the Stanley cup this year, but he's the best player. He's not on the best team necessarily, but he is far and away right now. The best player to me, at least. Yeah, yeah, he was my pick as well. Like he had yeah. like 150 points last season. Um, John Tavares just celebrated getting his 1,000th point the other day. There is a very real chance Connor McDavid could get his 1,000th point this season, um, and like six years earlier. It is absurd what this guy is able to do. And I think a lot of his struggles at the beginning of, of this season were based off of uh, him being banged up and him wanting to get into that Heritage Classic game when he maybe wasn't 100%. Uh, if that was just a regular battle of Alberta, I don't think he plays. And he probably doesn't play for a couple of weeks. Um, and now he is, I think he's back to being healthy and just reminding everyone like, hey, if you even dreamt about someone being better than me, you better wake up and apologize because he, he is just that good. And you've seen the Oilers have a surge more recently now, back in the yeah. ways with him more healthy. Uh, best uh, NFL, best baseball player. Let's go with best baseball player. I hate this man because he broke my heart and shattered into <laughs> a million pieces, but it's Sheho Otani. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's Otani because like the, the reason that the, the hearts were broken is because he is a, a transcendent player and even missing a month of the season is enough. It uh, isn't enough to, to slow this guy down from getting the MVP. Um, he like there, there's nothing more that needs to be said about this guy. He is incredibly talented. His contract is absolutely wild. Uh, the, the parameters and all of that. Uh, with the deferred money and and everything like that, there's a reason why the 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 hoopla around this was so wild. He is he is one of one in the sports world right now. And this one is the one that be the most interesting, where we can somewhat probably maybe disagree. Uh, which is best NFL player? Where'd you go for that? Uh, I went Christian or, McCaffrey. Yeah, um, yeah but that's yeah, what I did too. That <laughs> yeah, like I, I know Patrick Mahomes is very good and all of that, but it, it's like. And last year's run to the Super Bowl was great. Um, the, the way that Super Bowl ended was a bit of a downer with the the, the penalty and all of that. Um, but like this year, it, it's just been a bit off. And CMC has basically scored a touchdown in every game he's played in 2023. And wow, you have a lot of weapons on that team. He is the straw that stirs the drink. I think he should be the MVP this season. Um, that That's not just because I have a financial commitment to that. Um, I, I think he is legitimately the, the, the most valuable player this year. It, it's just there's nothing he can't do on a football field. Yeah, we need to get past this. I don't know when it happened. I think the last... 
Sean Alexander, the last non-quarterback that won MVP, I believe. Sounds right. We yeah. just need to get past this idea that it's best quarterback all of a sudden because yeah. there is – I mean, I would make an argument Miles Garrett should be in this conversation as well mm-hmm. to a different level. Uh, but we're just going like, oh, it's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Like if I really did it, I would say CMC and then Miles Garrett are one and two for me personally, just yeah. the way that they affect winning. Yeah, I, I would put Tyreek Hill in there as well. Um, Hill, yeah. Again, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the human being, but uh, we've seen what that that team looks like when he goes down with an injury. Um, it's lose to the Tennessee Titans bad, so they they need that guy. Um, and so, but yeah, no, Miles Garrett certainly could be in that conversation as well. Best international athlete. Where'd you go on that one, Peter? This one was more of a lifetime achievement um, uh, award for me um, than, than anything that was necessarily accomplished this year. But uh, she, she retires with a lot of fanfare. They named a stadium after her. Right? Um, it's it's Christine Sinclair. Uh, an amazing career. Not necessarily the final, final chapter that we wanted with, with how the World Cup played out. Um, but just like. Talk about transcending the sport. She is, yeah, with all due respect to anyone else who played on those teams, she is single-handedly responsible for growing the the sport of women's soccer in this country. Um, and I, I think that there isn't, there aren't enough flowers in the world to to throw at her to to celebrate everything that she has done. So um, maybe she wasn't the absolute best in 2023, but I, I think this being her last year, that there some recognition was deserved. I kind of did the same thing you did in a way. And I went with Lionel Messi because okay, yeah. what he did for Miami this year, it revolutionized MLS soccer. Yeah. And you knew it was going to happen. You knew that oh, was yeah. going to happen. But what he did, he made MLS must watch every single week. And you look at the matrix and the, and the, and the ratings for MLS soccer. Was he the best overall athlete in, in, in soccer this year? Definitely not. He was not the best footballer. But I look at, I mean, Really, in a twelve-year span, a twelve-year, twelve-month span, he's coming off. Last year, he has his uh, his his World Cup and getting ready for uh, uh, the uh, the America Cup coming up here, the Copa coming up. Uh, probably his last one, I would guess. I would um, imagine so, yeah. But everything he did with Miami, Saint Clair was my honorable mention as well. So I kind of yeah. wanted to be a little bit different, but just everything he did for Miami and and the way that he was scoring and winning games for them too was absolutely yeah. nutty. And you'd see celebrities at um, at, at Miami games. Um, I, I saw a couple of um, messy Miami jerseys when I was uh, in Montreal on vacation. Um, like, the, and I, I th- those were. I, I feel fairly confident outside of like when I lived in Toronto. Um, those were the first two or the, the first times I've seen uh, an MLS jersey in the wild ever. Um, and uh, I don't think it'll be the last because of the the impact that he's had. Yeah, it was absolutely. When I was in, uh, I happened to go to Orlando. I think it was about a week or two weeks after or before he had played. I can't remember. But Disney was bombarded with Miami Messi jerseys. Oh, it was nuts. Yeah. It was nuts. That and apparently Ben Simmons jerseys, because I saw five Ben Simmons jerseys somehow. Don't ask me why. <laughs> really? And my brother in law, like, what is going on? Is Ben Simmons family here, maybe? Yeah. Have I just seen Ben Simmons a lot? This This is so strange. All right, that's going to do it for part one. This is what it's going to be like for the rest of the week and again into next week. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Talk to y'all later. I'm out.